For those of you who live in Korea and love cinema, late August until early December is when the bulk of the country's film festivals take place. And some of them, such as the Busan International Film Fest, are well known, while others are trying to make a name for themselves. Today's guest, Kevin Lambert, is working to do just that with his brainchild, the Korean International Expat Film Festival, or KICKS for short. Known as the first expat film competition in the world, Lambert and his team are trying to make a voice for the expat filmmakers on a budget, as well as local talent from native Korean filmmakers. Making its debut last year in 2015, KICKS FF have managed to screen nearly 50 films in four days for its inaugural release. This is more surprising and deserving of an applause when I tell you that Kevin and other members of KICKS FF are managing the whole organization while all having full-time jobs. Yeah, the blood, sweat, tears, and soul of KICKS FF are done through volunteer efforts. And as the festival rolls out its second year this September 9th through 11th, I was honored that Kevin reached out to me to spread Kicks FF's interesting niche in the festival world it's carved out for itself, and was glad to learn more about his journey to achieve what he had envisioned. Without further ado, let's take a listen. statistic in the u.s saying that like you're the number one killer of birds in uh-huh. the u.s is of course house cats it's not like um chemtrails or nope house cats number one killer of birds in the u.s like endangering all kinds of bird populations really mm-hmm. well maybe birds aren't that like, they're not that smart no i mean like they have, they, they, they have the power of flight like you guys should be aware yeah exactly oh i saw i saw a video the other day of a killer whale and it just like spits up a fish and like and it's like sea world it's like it's like shamu and he's yeah. just like hanging out in his pool obviously he can't do much just spits out a fish and the birds are like i can get that i can get that no 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 guys don't do it and when and then and then of course there's always one bird like i can do it i can do it and the bird like jumps on it and the whale just eats him i love how was it, was it or was it orca right yeah i uh, yeah orcas are actually very, yeah very smart yeah, i did i did see a lot of videos of that and yeah. I, I think that was like the I don't want to spoil it, but I think that was like the ending of the new Jurassic World. Like, ah, yeah. the, the one dinosaur just got too close to the water, and that one, um, that one, that one big, like, that one big, like, uh, ancient. Yeah, the giant fish. The giant fish, yeah, from, yeah, just like took it, like, okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah. So people really should neuter their cats. Like Bob, yeah. Bar- Bob Barker was right. Like, mm-hmm. just spade and neuter your cats. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they'll still hunt birds, I'm sure, but yeah. Even, even with that, but yeah, yeah, definitely so. The, reducing the cat numbers, especially the feral cat numbers, would definitely help. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. Well, this is the Christmas Podcast. Okay. <laughs> I'm your host, Cameron. And today I have a very special guest, Kevin Lambert. Kevin Lambert, who is one of the members of the Korean International Expat Film Festival, KIXFF. Do you guys have another acronym or? No, that's I mean, well, we just call it Kicks FF. 
That sounds way better. Okay, <laughs> Ke- I'm here with Kevin Lambert of Kicks FF, and we're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming festival you guys have next week, September 8th through 11th. Uh, technically, no, it's 9th through the 11th. Oh, 9th through the 11th, okay. Uh, so uh, we've actually been able to uh, condense it because of the, uh, because Location. the locations. So. Oh, okay. So it's actually kind of nice because we actually can do more uh, in, in less time, so that's good. Nice. And where's the location at? Uh, we have two. So our opening ceremony is going to be at uh, Emu Art uh, Center. Oh, okay. I know um, that's Which is uh, Guangamun. And um, so our first screening will be there, and our after party is going to be there. So opening ceremony, our first local shorts block, and then the after party. Saturday and Sunday will be at the Deutsch School International um, in Hanamdong. Okay, perfect. And so, you know, I always start off um, every podcast since I typically talk with expats. Yeah. Uh, first question, we have to get out the way. Um, you know, where are you from and how did you come to Korea? Well, first, where are you from, I guess? Uh, originally from, uh, well, born in Kansas, raised in North Carolina, uh, so moved around a bit. Um, my mom's Korean, so that's what brought me here. Ah, okay. And uh, um, so uh, she lives back in North Carolina, though. North Carolina, nice. But, uh, but yeah, I, I've I've been here on and off for quite a while. Mm. Um, my re- most recent stint is about seven years. Seven years, mm-hmm. nice. And um, before you came here, what was like, what was your drive for leaving the states? Well, I, I pretty much left the U.S. once I graduated college. So it was mm. more or less just make some money, but also because my mom's Korean, I wanted to see the country. Yeah. And experience a little bit, and my of course my goal then of course was to learn Korean. Which seven years later is still not happened. You know, I think Koreans are one thing. Like you can read everything, you just don't know what you're saying, right? I mean, I can. Yeah, I can read a lot. Okay. And uh, I, yeah, but talking is impossible. I mean, I, I can, I can do the basic things that I practice. Like I can order food, I can order delivery food, I can pay for things, I mm. can ask for the bathroom, I can direct the taxi driver. But it's those other things that we don't practice as much. That's that's what I can't do. That's good. I mean, yeah, I think you, you hit all the nose. I mean, like, for yeah, a foreigner to do, yeah, yeah I think yeah. you're doing everything. And you live in Seoul and in Itaewon, so it's kind of like, you know, people are going mean, like, to speak English to me if I don't get the Korean all the way fluent. No, well, that's the thing. It's the, yeah. same, it's the same thing I experienced when I was, uh, when I was in uh, Saudi Arabia. Like, everyone speaks English. Mm-hmm. So there was so little opportunity to actually learn Arabic. And the same thing is here. Like, I... I uh, there's so actual there, there's little need for Korean overall in day to day communication. Wait, when you were in Saudi Arabia, were you there for teaching English as well? Yeah, so I was teaching university. Oh, Riyadh or uh, Riyadh, yeah. yeah. How is that compared to Korea? Korea? Well, you know, it's like uh, it's hot, mm-hmm. um, but Korea's pretty hot now too. Uh, I, I here, you know, like my experience was mixed, uh, and and I'll pretty much just leave it at that. Yeah, I'll say uh, uh, I would recommend. Uh, against going there um, if uh, if uh, you have ethical qualms about uh, let's say slave labor or mm-hmm. um, ethical qualms about um, the treatment of migrant <coughs> workers I think any of these things are reasons to avoid it but um, but overall as far as as far as living there it's pretty good yeah otherwise you know I say the overall consensus is like I have mixed views but yeah man that's pretty nice like <laughs> It's yeah, nice. it'd be yeah. nice. Yeah, I mean it's convenient. I mean, uh, I mean you, you'll spend all day in the mall. But mm. Other than that, you can live. You live out like your teenage like nostalgia. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. So, um, was that your? Were you in Saudi Arabia first, or did you, you went to Korea, Saudi Arabia, then back 
over to Korea. Yeah, yeah. So I went to uh, or Korea, to France, to LA, to Saudi Arabia, then back to Korea. Okay, nice. And were you always teaching English when you were when you lived abroad, or was it was, was that your initial work when you got over here? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, so when I graduated college, I came to Korea to teach English, and I taught sort of taught in uh, in the country like Gyeongsangbuk-do mm. near Daegu, actually. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, went to France and lived north of Paris and then came back to the U.S. and lived in L.A. for a year. And I was teaching uh, at the, the city college there and then uh, got a, uh, a grant to study my graduate degree in English, in education and teach in, um, teach in uh, Saudi Arabia. And then uh, after that, came back to Korea. Nice. And when you came to Korea the first time... Um was that when you first started with Soul Players, or? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, when I first came back, I did a lot of nothing. So mm. was, when I first came back, I just did what every other foreigner does, and I drank too much. And um, But in 2000, it was uh, right around 2010, um, I had kind of picked up filmmaking again, and I did a 48-hour film festival competition and kind of met uh, a bunch of filmmakers who are working locally, and many of whom are still here working locally. Um, yeah, and I think uh, over time we we just kept doing it, and I've seen a lot of people that start off as amateurs become professional um, and, and ply their trade. Uh, first, you know, like people who start off just doing like, you know, just uh, web stuff or small films who are now doing like commercials for LG or giant promotions for big companies. Yeah, no, and, there's a lot of potential for that. And you guys all came out of Soul Players? Or? No, no, no. Soul Players is separate. Like this was okay. uh, this was just a group of filmmakers. But Soul Players does theater. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. So I joined Soul Players, I guess, uh, uh, a couple of years back. But I've I've done productions on and off. There used to also be a couple other theater groups that okay. I was involved with, like uh, White Box Theater. Uh, they 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 were around for a couple of years, and then the the owners they left. Uh, they went back home. I think a couple of years ago. But uh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we we're, you know we have shows lined up now. Like we're setting up the, our uh, ten minute play festival, which is in November. Yeah, saw this on your website. Yeah. Yeah, and we have the uh, Rocky Horror uh, Rocky Horror in October, which is always a lot of fun. So that'll be at Freebird in uh, Hongdae. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. And since I mean, well, I know you don't want to teach your own horn, so I'll do it for you. Uh, you're the multi you're the multimedia director at Soul Players. Yeah. Um, how'd you get that? How'd you get into that gig? Uh, well, uh, they needed people to record their shows and that's, that's really the long and short of it. And to be quite honest, we're always looking for help. So Mm -hmm. anybody that has, and this is also true of the film festival, we're always looking for volunteers. Like we are criminally understaffed and anybody with any kind of web background, um, so players, we would also argue anybody with spreadsheet, uh, spreadsheet, um, you know, uh, skills, uh, like that's, exactly. That's in desperate need. Everybody lies about that though. Everybody yeah, said, yeah. Hey, if put that as a requirement, we're yeah. all going to lie. Exactly. Oh, lie. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, for the festival too, like we're, we, we, uh, we really need help with uh, web development and we're always looking for people like, even if you're, even if your degree's in business, I mean, we're, we always need people on the business end and administration and, and in marketing and in promotions and um, it's not just programming and filmmaking like we have to cover all the bases so anybody that wants to volunteer and give their time to a good cause with fun people uh, yeah then you know definitely join jump on board nice 
And um, I know Kicks FF, Kicks mm-hmm. FF. Um, you guys start like um, most of you like some of you came from Soul Players, mm-hmm. and were the others were they just local artists and local filmmakers you knew, you knew or? Uh, well, you're talking about for like people who are screening films here. Or oh no, for help make, making it. Like um, you the you the, you, the people um the group who like organized and created Kicks FF. Well, I mean Kicks FF actually was just pretty much my baby. Like, okay, yeah. Yeah, so that was separate from Soul Players. Uh, I pretty much uh, I had come up with the idea. Uh, in 2014, mm-hmm. actually, it was a pitch for a festival grant, okay. and it was a very small festival grant. In fact, it was for micro festivals, so it was only like a, about two thousand dollars, a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars. And the micro festival idea was pretty much they're like, well, you know, have a festival in your local bar, screen a dozen films, we'll give you a thousand bucks to pay for signs and beer. And uh, and so my concept actually was denied because they thought it was like it was too big for a micro festival. Really? Yeah, and uh, and and it really and it, and it kind of was because um, I wanted to do something small, but I also liked the idea of doing something bigger, and so it turned out to be much bigger than I had originally planned. But I'm still focusing on keeping it intimate. So even as we grow, the idea was always to pare it down and always to keep it simple. And um, and so even as I may want to make it bigger, um, the idea like year two, my yeah. big thing for year two, uh, year one was a great success. Uh, people really seemed to love it. And year two for me, it wasn't about getting bigger. It was just about getting a little more sophisticated and perhaps uh, running a little more efficiently. So that was, yeah, so that was my main goal for year two. It wasn't even to be bigger. It's just, let's just get a little better at it. And then Mm -hmm. we can talk about growth in another year. So what was the overall um, initial process like of putting everything together? Because you you just talked about, you know, the grant that got denied. Yeah. So once that happened, how did you, how'd you go about, you know, forming it? Uh, well, I started off, I, uh, you know, I, I wrote up a business plan, like a, you know, of course, like a 60-page business plan, and then um, uh, effectively uh, uh, talking, to, talking to friends and other people who are in the industry and uh, getting a lot of great feedback. Uh, friend David Oxenbridge, who gave some great feedback early in the process. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, and so it started from that. It, it started, and I just started bringing people on board. And, uh, and thankfully, a few people uh, came out to help. Uh, Michael Elmore, Roz Lakin, uh, the support of Soul Players, of course. Um, and so, yeah, it was, uh, that, that's pretty much, I, I couldn't have done it without them. I knew I needed people on hand to help, but it pretty much took a life of its own. And so uh, once that ball started rolling, there was no mm-hmm. way of turning back. And, uh, and so, yeah, um, even, uh, so leading up to year one, it was just pretty much momentum. And then year two, same thing. Um, uh, uh, a little more experience, uh, but it still doesn't help when you can't. When it's hard to find, let's say, uh, I, I guess it's hard to find people to do like a lot of the heavy lifting. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, we had a great programming team. I mean, we had what 20, 25 volunteers watching movies, which uh, which was a great thing, and they were really helpful. Um, but as far as like the heavy lifting. Uh, it, our numbers are really small. Like we're pretty much just a handful of people. Right. But that's also the one interesting thing that I just found out, like about like, you know maybe twenty minutes about you guys, is that um you all have um like nine to five jobs or yeah. similar to that outside yeah. of the festival. So this is all non voluntary, non profit. Like this is all just just out of the goodwill. Yeah, yeah. Very I mean, nice. so we're not gonna make any money off of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, I, I think that there's always that hope somewhere in the future that you'll make money off of it. But, uh, I mean, maybe enough to cover beer. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's pretty much all I can offer mostly is, uh, is you know, it's like chicken and beer. That's, that's the... Apparently that's, that's the reward. That's all people need. That's all yeah. people need to have a good yeah. time. Chicken yeah. beer and a good film. Pretty much. Pretty much. And um, well, how did um? Also, I know I saw on the website you you put a lot of you put a good amount of emphasis on transparency. Yeah. Um, can you you know go into depth a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, I think well you know a lot of filmmakers uh, will discover as they submit films that uh, the film goes out. You pay a pretty decent chunk of money to get it submitted somewhere only to get no response. And you don't know why it was rejected. You don't know when it's going to be rejected. You just know it's going to be rejected at some point. Um, and so I wanted to kind of open up that process a bit and give feedback to the filmmakers. Um, but also kind of like open that, you know, open that curtain and show how this, uh, how this clock runs. Um, so uh, showing that sort of the, the, the sort of the inner workings of how a festival works. Mm -hmm. uh, one, I think it's informative to filmmakers, but uh, uh, but in general, I also think it's it's the ethical thing to do because it's very easy to take money and not have to explain yourself. It's like universities when you submit applications mm -hmm. to universities, yeah. you just don't get anything back. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, so that's so that's my thing. I think it, at the very least, if, if people are going to pay to submit their films, and that's the and that money uh, runs the festival. Without mm -hmm. that's without those submission fees, we wouldn't be able to operate. So, um, so uh, so I'm very thankful to the filmmakers, and so at the very least, in return, I can I can give them at least a little bit of insight. That uh, of course, if their film's accepted, that's great, and they don't, they're probably like, oh, I don't need the feedback. My film is accepted. Um, but when your film's rejected, you want to know why. Yeah. It's like, you know, you have an ex-girlfriend. You're like, why did you break up with me? And then... You don't want to hear the answer, but yeah, you yeah, still want to... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean yeah. like, you could, you could probably use it. You know, she, she's like, you know, she, you know, you give her a questionnaire. She fills it out. She gives it back to you. Mm -hmm. um, that never happens. But, um, but I imagine in this case, yeah, like, you know, like, we, we give filmmakers the opportunity to see uh, w maybe why it wasn't rejected, whether it was a clear answer or not a clear answer. At least it gives them an idea of how to approach it next time. Maybe it was just a mismatch in the festival. Maybe uh, it was just the length of the film and we didn't have any space in the block to fit it. Um, or, or maybe the film just wasn't good. And mm -hmm. any of those answers I think is informative and would help them whether or not that just means make another film or, uh, or, or edit the one you have. So, um, so yeah, so mostly the transparency is mostly for the filmmakers. Um, not so much for the audience because in some ways transparency hurts us with the audience. That, really? Yeah, because I mean people, I think it's that facade and people actually, they don't, you know, it's like, uh, it's, it's like whenever you go to one of these big gala events and you don't really know what's behind it mm -hmm. and you realize it's actually, you know, oftentimes it's a little bit manic, a little, you know, it's just, it's madhouse and crazy and, um, and you, you think it looks, you know, all snazzy and wonderful. Uh, sometimes it just happens because people throw enough money at it, it's going to work. Yeah, it has to work. Yeah, or other times people do a lot with a little. So, mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, uh, you know, it's like, uh, I think the transparency in some ways uh, can be a, a bit of a negative if people are like, oh, wow, this looks great. And, but, you know, if you tell them it was done on nothing, all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's cheap. Mm -hmm. But it's, I don't think it's the case here because, like, you know, we know what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, it's we're a small festival, we're an expat festival, 
we're, we're not frou-frou, we're not, you know, we don't, you know, we're not trying to, you know, fireworks and You're not red carpets. Yeah. Festival. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> so, so um, yeah, so uh, we're just here, we're just here to have fun and it's a good time and, and uh, yeah, and, and I think filmmakers and the audience seem to, seem to enjoy that. So we'll just keep doing it because it works. Right. And speaking of the filmmakers, um, to even get the submission submissions, and this is I guess for some of the viewers um, who are filmmakers who are trying to get their film submitted, how do you, how did you as a um, as a group when you guys did um, you know formulate Kicks FF, how did you guys send the call out to filmmakers? Is it like a um, the call out for filmmaker submissions? Like, is there um, a certain website or like database website for yeah, film we, festivals? Uh, for next year it may change a bit, but this year we took our submissions exclusively through filmfreeway.com. Filmfreeway.com. So that's currently the, the largest uh, the largest site for uh, filmmakers mm -hmm. for uh, film, film festivals. Uh, Without a Box used to be the reigning champ, uh, but now it's kind of dwindled. But next year we may end up doing both, like Without a Box and Film Freeway. Okay. So, uh, but our submissions are closed currently because we, we're, we won't open them again until after the new year. So if there's any filmmakers out there and you want to submit, it's a great festival. And, um, and we'll have those entries probably open again, probably around uh, the turn of the year. So like, probably like January. Mm -hmm. And when they get to the festival, because I saw um, pictures from the 2015, mm -hmm. 2015 years, first year. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said earlier, I did get the sense of like intimacy mm -hmm. um, and like welcoming. How do you think that was in part because of the whole grassroots aspect of the festival? And you know, like one of your one of your um, famous quotes I like in there was I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase it, but it was um, you know like this 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 uh, festival is for the budget the budget filmmakers you know DSLRs. Mm -hmm. Um, like little to no money. Mm -hmm. Do you think that created a more like, mm, I guess in a sense, a more like comfortable environment? Yeah, I mean, I think that's always been the ethos. I mean, it, like to some extent, we are still an underground film festival. Mm -hmm. But uh, in sort of uh, doing some market research on calling it the Seoul Underground Film Festival, or uh, I think we tried the Seoul Underground Expat film festival which yeah. would be sucks ff so as far as marketing that didn't seem to work as well um but uh but yeah but we're still ultimately an underground film festival so mm -hmm. uh yeah so that's that's kind of the ethos very diy low budget and that's how we make films here uh, you can do a lot with a little i think that's really good too because ever since i've you know lived in korea and especially when i moved to seoul i did notice a lot of the younger generations of koreans are um Following with the trend, following with the trends of you know the younger expats of the whole DIY mentality, mm -hmm. with the, either opening up a business, um, like said, underground art, all yeah. these things. So I think it's a good. I think Seoul right now is the best place to like start this festival at. Yeah, and in fact, I mean, as far as you know, uh, talking about like what people are doing here, uh, that was that was actually a part of a topic that I presented at Busan last year. So mm -hmm. I, I was invited to uh, do to sort of like lead a conference at the Busan Film Festival, and um, my topic for the conference was pretty much about like, you know, um, expats and, and, and why it's uh, such a big deal in Korea, and one of the reasons for me is uh, one of the things for me is that what makes it really nice is that Korea really is sort of a, uh, what, what's what's the word I, I would say it's a, kind of a kind of a breeding ground for for sort of. Um, expat art because you have a lot of 
uh, you have a lot of, uh, once again, college educated, uh, you know, uh, college educated, a lot of teachers that come over here after college to, to find a job and they have enough time they, or they have enough free time, even if it's not a lot, but enough free time and some expendable cash to do, to do creative things. And, uh, and so, um, that's actually kind of unusual. Uh, not every place has that. Um, and so I think that's why we're seeing a lot of, um, a lot of creativity, uh, come from this expat community. It's just this, that combination of having expendable cash, having the time to use it and, um, yeah. And, and one, you know, having, having the, the, effectively the education that sort of kind of, uh, establishes that so it's yeah so I think um, uh, Korea is Korea is a really nice place for that definitely in that yeah definitely the aspect of um, I always think of Korea as kind of what do I say it's kind of it's not a, not a purgatory that's something that's a negative word but it's, um, it's definitely a, a country where you know if, if you're if you're contemplating on the next step of your life you can either think of it here and like practice your skills here while you're teaching English yeah like so much time and like you do say this is probably the most the best paying job most most teachers have so far in their lives. Well, exactly. I mean, because you know, chances are, chances are we're either in our twenties. Well, in my case, some of us are in our thirties, and some people are in their forties because they've been here and they've established themselves. But I'd but I'd imagine the majority of, of teachers here are probably in their twenties. Mm-hmm. Probably just came out of college, or maybe they spent a few years at home and they're like, okay, I, I want to travel a little bit. Uh, yeah, and I, I think what and I think it's a great place to kind of like figure stuff out. And that's what most people do. They'll stay here a year to three years and figure out what they want to do next and then they go do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, uh, and, and I think um, it's transient. That's very uh, transient. It's transient, but um, people can accomplish a lot in the time they're here. Like I've seen people come here and do theater, come here and do film, and it prepares them for going back to, to their home to do other stuff. Like I've seen people who practiced film here and then went back to their, you know, went back to their home country and studied film and entered the film industry. I've seen people come here, uh, practice their theater chops, go back and get their SAG card. I've seen um, any number of people who use this as a way to hone their skills, and it, and it really is a professional, it, it really is a professional training ground. Like we think we're doing amateur work, but to be quite honest, it's really not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amateur in the sense that. Everything is amateur. Even professional yeah. stuff is amateur. Like, it, like w- once you've done it enough, you realize it's all amateur. Professional work just means you get paid for it. I like that way of looking at it. Yeah, that's yeah, nice way of looking at yeah. it. Yeah, nice. So let's get back to. Um, I guess the first. Let's talk a little bit about the first year of the festival. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had it. The website looked nice. The photos from the first year looked really nice as mm-hmm. well. Especially um, a lot of the movies, trailers I saw, which you could view on Vimeo still. Yeah. Um, how the, how the overall reception of the um, festival start? How, how was the overall reception of the festival after the first year? Uh, well, it was great. Right? I mean, like that's the thing. Like like the first year had me pulling my hair out and 
losing my mind with the amount of work that was required but it was really the it was really the reception and the feedback that made me do a year two yeah and you guys had 50 films in four days that was like the yeah yeah advertisements and we're and we're gonna do the same so uh, i mean we, we were just under 50. i mean once again like we didn't want to do 50 as a number whether it's bad films or good films we wanted to make sure we're still choosing good films mm -hmm. so it, last year it was uh, it was just shy of 50 and this year we're just shy of 40. But these are solid films. These are really high quality films. So, um, and we prioritize local filmmakers. So we made sure to get a lot of local filmmakers in there. Um, yeah, no, the, 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 the audience feedback was great. And so was the filmmaker feedback. And so that's why we're continuing is just because we, like if the audience stops showing up and they don't care, then, you know, uh, after, we'll see, I'll, I'll give it one more year and see how it goes. But I have a feeling it's gonna keep growing. Nice. Little, nice. you know, once again, you know, like baby steps, but I have a feeling, yeah, if, if you build it, they will come. Mm -hmm. And you had um, workshops, you had workshops too, um, I saw the one about with the cinematic, cinematic uh, fighting workshop you had? Yeah, yeah, we did a, last year's festival, we did a, a, a fight choreography that's workshop. Was, yeah. And in fact, we run a, a monthly Kicks FF filmmakers workshop, so that's a free workshop every month. Oh, how many times a month? Once a month. Once a month. Okay. So I think it's supposed to be the first uh, first Saturday, first Sunday of the month. We're still locking it down because the venue kind of changes. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so that's a that's something that money we make from the film festival can also go to support that. Again, we run that cheaply, uh, usually on the on the goodwill of local venues. Um, but yeah, it, um, that's something that I think will also help benefit the community, whether you're an actor or a filmmaker or an editor or whatever. So in the end, it's like we try to, we try to do, we try to do fun stuff year round. Mm -hmm. And can you um, describe some of the things you do in the workshops you have for the Kicks FF workshops every month? Yeah, uh, let's see. Well, typically it starts with, um, we'll do a quick introduction uh, and then we'll go into sort of uh, what the main topic is. And some, um, so like in November, we'll have somebody come in and talk about uh, sort of like um, color grading or color matching footage from different cameras. So it's more of a technical one, but mm -hmm. if anybody was interested in the more nuanced parts of film, video editing, yes, uh, color grading is a big part of it, taking, your, taking the color in the image and, and matching it to the rest of the film. Uh, so we'll, we'll typically start with a short workshop of about 20-30 minutes. Uh, then uh, we show different uh, filmmakers work. Uh, ideally, it's work that they're currently working on, things they actually need feedback for. Uh, and then uh, we'll do a Q&A session with the filmmakers who want feedback. And then the last part of the event is really just networking. Mm -hmm. It's letting people meet and greet and booze and schmooze and all of the above. That's good. Nice. And after the um, <clears throat> after the first year of festivities ended, uh, did you see any feedback within the like local Korean community or internationally? Like I saw you had some on your website. You have some reviews of the festival. Yeah, Korean feedback was actually was actually quite good. I was actually surprised at it. Um, not a lot of people knew about it, but I got a lot of feedback within the within the Korean film industry. Like we were invited to the Busan Film Festival yeah. to present. Um, uh, had uh, an article in the Jungong Ilbo in Korean. Uh, had an article in a couple of different magazines. Um, There's some big ones too, like Time Out and 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, the Time Out, uh, of course, local magazines like Groove, they were really great. Um, but also some Korean magazines, like Korean articles, like Shisa In, and, um, and another one called Series, which is run by the Series brand. Okay. So they did a, they did a magazine on expats. And so that was just a short write-up. And was, and was um, the reception from the, first, from the first festival the reason why you did, were you able to do the workshop in uh, Busan International Film Festival? Uh, yeah, no, no. It was, well, the Busan, Busan one was uh, uh, a combination of things that um, uh, we had, we, as, uh, as one of our guest uh, speakers, mm-hmm. uh, uh, we, we had invited a, a programmer from the Busan Film Festival and uh, and he also runs the uh, conference and forum at the at Busan, and so uh, so, so we had already we, we had uh, uh, we had already um, been acquainted, um, and uh, and he was a big supporter, which is really nice. Nice and like I guess is there um, somewhat of a networking between film festivals throughout like throughout Korea or throughout like internationally? It's like like do you keep in touch this with? Um, you know, Busan International Film Fest and vice versa, or? Uh, with Busan particularly, no. I mean, I, I think like, there's a regular cast of characters that show up to the festivals. Mm-hmm. So I know, so I mean, yeah, there, there's a bunch of us that, that, that often will see each other at different festivals. But actually, uh, actually, um, prof- on a professional basis, working with other festivals, no. No, I mean, um, so. doggy dog. No, and it's not that either. It's just, it, it's just separate things. You know, it's like, um, uh, I mean, like, let's say if you're if you're a distributor, you would pay for a booth at Busan, but you'll you'll but you'll mingle and chat with everybody, of course, and you'll show up to a couple of parties and, but yeah, I mean, each festival does its own thing, mm-hmm. so yeah, they're they're ultimately still like separate birds, so it's not like there's advice shared between them or, or you know, industry secrets or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Nice. I think it's good to know. And um, like one thing I've always I've been starting to ask uh, my guests but especially you know you and because and, you have an organization a film mm-hmm. festival uh we're talking about it a little bit before the podcast what do you envision kicks ff to be within five years what's your envisioning goal uh so five years uh, again i you know I, I don't expect it to be a lot bigger mm-hmm. i mean it's not i mean it'll still probably be three days um uh about 50 films so i don't ex- ex- expect it to be bigger but i expect it to be better uh, I would love to be able to have a bigger budget to, to do what we do. Uh, I want to still focus on local filmmakers and low-budget filmmakers. Um, you know, there, there are some different directions we can take it. Uh, but more or less in five years, what I would like to see is an increased a- attendance, mm-hmm. a, a better, uh, uh, let's say, a, a, a stronger brand, so that more people know about it, um, uh, and effectively just positive feedback. Really, I mean, just you know, so that ultimately the feedback's positive, and people are showing up, and filmmakers are enjoying it while they're here. So I think um, in year five, I well, also like I'd say the barrier in year five is if at some point the festival is actually able to make money. Yeah. Not not even for me, but just just to run itself. Then yeah, I think uh, I think yeah, I think that's. For me, that's that's kind of the, that's kind of the goal is just to get it to this sort of a self-running machine, and if I don't want to run it after year five, I can just pass it off to somebody else okay. and let it kind of run itself. 
Nice. And since, you know, we talked earlier about the whole uh, intimacy of the film fest because it is very grassroots, do you feel that if it expanded um, to a certain size, it would lose its, it would lose its intimacy and its, like, it's like um, initial, or it's an initial, initial reason for being? Yeah, I mean, I think if it grew too big, but I also don't see that happening. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, if it became as big as, let's say, Jeonju or, or, or even Buchan, then it might be, yeah, it might be bigger in the scope we've created. Um, uh, but at the same time, I, I still don't see that happening. I, I think, you know, I think in the end, like, we'll keep it small, even if our budget increases. Because mm-hmm. uh, the budget would just allow us to do nicer things, like bring, bring filmmakers in. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of expat filmmakers out there that I would love to be able to, you know, fly in. Uh, but, uh, and, and there's so many great things we could create. Uh, and so, yeah, and I, and I think also it's like money would help us uh, have a better outreach to Koreans who I think are also curious, uh, but it's just hard. But it, it, at the same time, it's like, but it's slow growing. I, I'd say year five is the time I think I, which I could see whether or not we have the budget to really expand. Very expand. Okay. So I guess um, since it is coming up next week, what can audience expect for, from this year's Kicks FF? All right. This is, yeah, this is a great, this is a great question. Um, so uh, for uh, yeah for this year's Kicks FF we have some great films. Uh, uh, opening ceremony is going to be a blast, and um, uh, let's see, um, yeah, and it's just going to be all around some great parties, some great events. Um, uh, some of the best films, like we have a film called Ditches, which is an Argentinian film. Uh, um, it's uh, very artsy, but uh, uh, but it uh, it's a sort of a very me- it's like a, a, a methodical film uh, uh, following one man uh, and his and his life um, uh, all the while in the town uh, I guess uh, girls are being abducted oh nice. um, and uh, and then uh, there's other films like uh, uh, 60 Spanish cigarettes which uh, um, which is kind of like you know a, a life, uh, like sort of like um, life in Spain, uh, but very quiet, sort of coastal. But maybe also this concept of of coming and going, like why people stay, why people go. Um, uh, we have some uh, we have some really fun ones. Uh, there's uh, Bondage, uh, a play by David Henry Huang, and it's directed by uh, Esquire Wakim, uh, and he. Uh, directed the Broadway version of the movie. Okay. And the movie is also with the original Broadway cast. Oh, nice. Yeah, and so he'll be visiting the festival, and, and he'll be doing a Q&A here. Nice. And so, so uh, the, the mix of the films, um, are, are, are audiences look more for, are, are they going to be able to look more for like narrative, experimental, or how much of a mix of it is this year? It's a pretty even mix, like mm-hmm. a pretty even mix between narratives and, uh, narratives and documentaries. Documentaries too, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so a couple of experimentals in there. I mean, some of them are very artsy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, so I guess you could say bordering on experimental. But um, but generally, mostly about a good split between narrative and, and, and documentary. Okay. And what are the work? Are there going to be any workshops throughout this? For during this during the festival, no. But okay. We'll, we'll return to the Kicks FF filmmakers workshop after the festival. Okay. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And um, do you have an official? Do you have an official selection film for this year? 
Uh, our, our, well, we have an official selection. All of the films are official selections. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, but, I, but I guess I'm not really sure what the question is. Like, is there like an official, like a specific film? Yeah, a specific one. Of the, yeah. No, no, they're, they're all official selections because they've all been called down from like a hundred entries. Oh, okay. And so, uh, yeah, and so they'll all be in competition for uh, whether it's the expat feature prize, the no budget feature prize, best expat short, best, best no budget short. So the so all of these films will be up for up for those prizes. Very nice. Alright. I think that's a good place to end off. Right, cool. So before uh before I let you go, um wanna give the audience any more information about the KXFF uh time slots again? Yeah, absolutely. So uh yeah, so uh uh September 9th at Emu Art Cinema in Guangamoon. Uh tickets are on sale now. Leet, uh, seats are limited for that first screening. Tickets are 15 a pop, and it includes the opening ceremony, the screening, and the after party. Um, Saturday, Sunday, it's an all-day event. Uh, two days at uh, the uh, Deutsch School in Hanamdong, which is near uh, near Itaewon. Um, and uh, yeah, all your screenings are in one place. There'll be food trucks and beer and fun, and you can just make a, make a day of movies. Uh, the screenings there are 10 at the door, 8 if you get it online. And, um, uh, yeah, and so it's going to be a blast, you know, bring your friends. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, I think it's inspiring. I think people, I think people will be really inspired to do their own stuff. Uh, and, and, uh, and, uh, it, and it'll put, put them in touch with other creative people who are just looking to do good things. Uh. Typically, I don't imagine it's just a plain drinking crowd. It's it's the type of people who actually are proactive and creative. So, if you know, yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's a great environment. It's a great creative environment. Nice, nice. All right, Kevin, it was nice talking to you. Yeah, nice thanks. Talking to you. Um, I'm gonna try and go. I know I have another event that week for Capoeira, but I think the last workshop for that is ends at eight. And we are, um. When, when do the last showings of each day? Oh, they'll start, yeah, so that's a great question. Um, the showings, the screenings on Saturday, Sunday start at noon, and they'll finish at midnight. Oh, perfect, okay. Uh, so we have some, um, have a midnight screening as well. Um, so yeah, so we'll all day, uh, Saturday, and it runs late Sunday. Uh, Friday, there's just that one screening, and it starts at 7 p.m. Okay. But Saturday, Sunday, run all day. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. All right. This is the Christmas Podcast with Kevin Lambert. And we're signing off.